The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Okay, everybody, bring it in for another edition of Offense, Defense, and Discourse on Lance J Radio. My name is John Brown. On the phone line with me today is my co-host, the co-captain, uh, the give to my go, the alley to my oop. I know this sounds like a marriage. It's, it's really not. We just two dudes that like to talk sports. Me and my man, Mike Jones. What's good, Mike? Uh, what's going on, John? How you doing? I'm good, man. I know you're a little under the weather, but it's like I'm, I'm glad you were able to still call. We can still do this show today. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to rap and talk sports. Uh, you know, allergy season, nothing that's going to keep me keep me down, but I'll be all right. Definitely glad we can get back together and talk some sports. Okay. Well, look, as we all know, the NBA Finals is underway. Game six, it was on Thursday night. Now, Mike and I will, we will recap and we will wrap up and we will put, we will give our takes on the entire series when it is over. We will talk about the whole thing when it is all over. Um, but there there are some, you know, there are some storylines you got to touch on. You know, Toronto went up 3-1 and a lot of people were just, a lot of people, you know, kind of, Thought we're ready to put the dirt on uh on Golden State. A lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of people ready to shovel dirt on Golden State. I I can't lie, man. As as bleak as it looked for the Warriors, I put out a tweet. And this is even knowing KD, you know, even w- before knowing what was going to happen to KD, I should say. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know what? I thought Toronto would lose game. I thought Toronto would lose game five. And because Golden State was going to be desperate, Golden State was going to be hungry, and it was going to be something that Toronto wasn't ready for. Now, I was kind of wrong because Toronto was ready. They played a good – I mean, they played with them. That game could have went either way. They had a lead with about 90 seconds left in game – in game five, they were 90 seconds away from winning the NBA finals. Now, now, okay, go ahead. I'm hopped in real quick. Mm-hmm. I, the one thing I would say is that if KD had finished that game, I don't think Golden State was, not Golden State, excuse me, I don't think Toronto was ready. Okay. But the second he went, he went down, yeah. They're ready for him without KD. Mm. Now let's let's kind of let's kind of shift to that whole conversation because now we're now looking at the conclusion of the NBA Finals without Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. arguably the best player in the league. I know you have you have made your argument known. It is a good argument. Not going to dispute it. You know, if they're right now, it's between Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, you know, that's, that's you, the if, argument I see right yep. now. 
you know, it's either one, two or one A and one B, however you want to slice it. But the bottom line is the conversation of who is the best player in the NBA today is Kevin is either Kevin Durant or it's Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kevin Durant, unfortunately, ruptured his Achilles, which means, unfortunately, that brother's got to sit for a long mm-hmm. time. Not just the end of the finals, but the se- the season, uh, the 2019. He's all of next. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's missing it all. Do you yeah, think? Ex- I'm sorry, go ahead. Play next. Yeah, he's not coming back. He's, well, I shouldn't say, ne- I don't mean never, but he's not, he's not coming back next season. Now, my question to you is: What 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 was your thoughts when you saw that? Well, see, this is one of the reasons why I actually wanted to have this conversation mm-hmm. because the moment this happened, James Lewis, who was on our show a couple weeks ago, host mm-hmm. of Let's Radio NBC Sports ten sixty AM in Phoenix, yes. he was he joined us a couple weeks ago. You know, I believe that was your favorite interview we've done so far. <laughs> the greatest his, the, the greatest interview in the history of offense, defense, and discourse slash agree to disagree slash one-on-one with MJ. Greatest interview done on this show that I've been a part of. <laughs> and I'm sure you feel that way. Yeah, still feel but that he way. And I would, he and I would text him back and forth after the game. And... If you know the two of us, the conversation was kind of predictable. He was of the standpoint Durant should not have played, should have never been out there, protect your money. I'm of the standpoint, you know, injuries are going to happen. You can't be scared of them. If you feel like you're good to go, you should be out there. And I am always feel like that. If you feel like you can go, go. And so we had an interesting conversation after the game. And my, I guess my position is simple. Well, not simple, but you are out there being paid millions to play the game. Now, if you can't go, if you feel like your injury is something that needs time to heal, by all means, take care of your body. But if you feel like you can go, and I am sure Kevin Durant was not thinking he was going to go out there after 45 days being out that long of a rest and rupture his Achilles. You know, so. So so my question to you is, because I want to get your opinion, when you you see Golden State down 3-1, they had been missing mm-hmm. Kevin Durant since, uh, what was it? Uh, game, the was middle it? of May, the Rocket Series. Middle of series. May, the Rocket Series. So, or actually early May, I believe. It's been about 40 days. Mm-hmm. When you saw him coming back at this point, at this mm-hmm. point, did you think this was Kevin Durant rushing to get back to be back on the court? Or was this Golden State feeling desperate because they're down 3-1 having to go on the road and they rushed Kevin Durant back. Honestly, when I heard he was going to play, with given the diagnosis that had been shared with the public of a calf strain, 
I didn't think they were rushing him at all. With a month and a half to rest a calf strain, I assumed Durant was ready to go. Mm-hmm. If you see how Durant was moving in the first quarter and a half of game five, if you see how he's performing, the intensity that he's playing with, there were a couple moments where he might have seemed a little slow in trying to get by somebody, but you probably think that's just a lack of conditioning more than anything else because you've been out yeah. for a month. And, yeah, you you see but, a guy moving like that, you're thinking he, he, you know he might have lost his step. You're 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 thinking you're thinking conditioning. Yeah, conditioning like almost comparable to what we saw from uh, Joel Embiid earlier in the playoffs. He had mm-hmm. missed a, a gang of time towards the second half of the season when he came back he wasn't necessarily in shape he wasn't in the be- he wasn't in bat he wasn't in the exactly. best basketball he's just not shape. in basketball shape this at steps of half second slow but it's nothing to be concerned about and you definitely don't expect to blow out an Achilles no not not at all but do you think that that blown Achilles came from pushing himself too hard or do you think or is this just a freak injury Possibly, but the Achilles is one of those things where if it's going to go, it's generally just kind of going to go. He's not mm-hmm. exceptionally old, like in a situation where Kobe, yeah. with the end of his career, or it's not a situation like a, I don't know who else, a Boogie Cousins, even where he's three, uh, close to three hundred pounds, so you're taking a lot of extra wear and tear on those ligaments. But Durant, it's <clears throat> this is just one. now. Of course, there's always I I don't want to play doctor, and of course, hindsight will always be twenty twenty. So you'll look back and be like, oh, well, this could happen or that could happen. But going in, there's no way to predict if or when an Achilles is going to go. So from my perspective, it didn't seem as though it was rushed. Durant looked like he was ready to go. He appeared to feel good. I'm sure they had done multiple MRIs on him that came back clean. So, from that standpoint, I think it's unfair to go back and play revisionist history and say they should have sat him out. So, I guess what you're saying is you don't believe that there's really a person or an entity, not Golden State, not Kevin Durant, when it comes to the blame game. Because I understand... This point, no, I don't it, think this is a situation where you can blame somebody, blame someone, and that's what that was the debate that we were having with James and I the other day. He's saying somebody should get fired, and I'm saying for what? Mm-hmm. The, the kid wanted to play. Like I remember, there are times where I have friends who played pickup ball with a torn meniscus for the love of the game. See multiple guys play with sprained ankles and pulled this and tweaked that mm-hmm. in high school games, college games, pickup games, mm-hmm. where nobody's being paid because you love the game. You don't want to 
let down your teammates for in a mural game even. All right, now you no, let me ask you this question because you played college ball. You played basketball at the college level. Mm-hmm. You, you played competitive basketball for God most of your life. Have you have you ever been sidelined because of a major injury? Major injury, no. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I missed about a month, month and a half of a track season with a pulled hamstring. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting thing about that hamstring story. Okay, go ahead. I had felt a minor tweak in my hamstring prior to that when I blew out my hamstring. But because I didn't want to let the team down, I was one of the better runners on the team, and it didn't seem like anything major, I decided to push through it. Now, did you make the did you make the injury worse by trying to keep running on it? Oh, I absolutely made it worse. I, we got it was a cold day. We got held at the start, so you're sitting there in the cold, trying to stay loose, and your muscles are getting tight after a warm up. You st- and then you try to start running the 400, which if it, if you know track, the mm-hmm. 400 is a full sprint around a standard size track. Yep, it's a monster race, and I blew out my hamstring in that race because I wanted to try to push through a tweaked hamstring that I should. In hindsight, I shouldn't have, but I understand the guy who wants to go out there and help his team push through it. I don't want to miss time. When you're missing time, you're missing practices, you do feel alienated. Not like mm-hmm. you, One of the mm-hmm. best things about team sports is the camaraderie, the yeah. friendships, the, the brotherhood, but you're in the training room all the time and not with your team. You want to get back. You want to be you want to be able to contribute, especially when you know you can add as much as Kevin Durant can add to a team, and you're watching your team lose this series. They're down three one. I think. Who, who are gonna, the, I'm sorry. What did you I say? Said at that point, when your medical tests are coming back clean, they worked you out. You look like you were able to go, and you want to play. Who is there to blame? No, I'm, there's nobody to blame, and I think honestly, because it's it's that age old thing we talk about almost every week on this show, and that's the need for a narrative, the need for a sweeping indictment. Somebody, ha- you know, because this happened, somebody has to be blamed. Someone has to take the fall on this. Now you're a competitor. I mean, you understand. And I'm sitting here, and we're look. Let's look at the makeup of this series. Where we were when we got to game. When we got to game four. Excuse me, game five. Mm-hmm. Golden State had now lost at home twice. You know. Um, we're at the we're at a point now where it's like they're down three one. They're playing for their lives. Kevin Durant knows he's the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. Whether he says it, whether he admits it, whether he said you know whether he oh. actually comes out and the words come out of his mouth, we know I'm, that Kevin Durant man, is the best player. Who in the I am? Hmm? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Exactly. And the thing and the thing about it is, it's like, look, you know what? I think I think Kevin Durant's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. Not so, at all. No stretch. So to him, he knows he's got a good squad. 
He knows that squad is good without him. But nonetheless, the fact still remains is he's got a bomb team and he's the best player in the league. There's a very good chance that Golden State could have came back down 3-1 without him. But why do you even need – but if you're Kevin Durant, why do you even put that on the table? I got a squad. I'm the best player in the league. We down 3-1. I've been hurt. I want to play. I feel fine. Let's play. Let's have it. That's exactly. what Kevin Durant is saying. But everyone feels like they need to bl- – nobody's – no. There is nobody to blame. Injuries happen. We've exactly. seen this happen before. You don't need to blame somebody for this. This does not have to be a situation where you need to point a finger at it. Hey, it happened. Kevin Durant, you had the best player in the league. Best player in the league blew out his Achilles. And think about how often we like to bash guys for resting. Like, oh, Michael Jordan didn't sit out games. Exactly. Mike, this guy played through this, and he played through that. And these guys, are, you don't think Durant's heard enough of the soft talk already? We sit here and we want to bash Kevin. We've wanted to bash Kevin Durant since he left Oklahoma City and went to Golden State. Any excuse we want. And, and it, it does not matter. Whatever narrative you feel applies, whatever narrative you want to you want to use, whatever angle you want to come at Kevin Durant, he's heard it all. Had Kevin Durant rested his knee, had excuse me, rested his calf, sat out for the series, no matter what happened. Kevin Durant was damned either way. Either way. Mm-hmm. He, sits out the, he sits out the rest of the season. Golden State comes back from 3-1. It's an improbable comeback, and it just proves that Golden State didn't need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant comes back, and is, Kevin Durant comes back. Golden State comes back from three one. Oh, why was Kevin Durant waiting so long? Why did he wait till they were down three one? Mm-hmm. Now Kevin Durant comes back. He blows out his Achilles. Kevin, Dur- you know, it's, who do you blame now? It's got to be somebody's fault. Kevin Durant rushed his way back. You know, it. There is. There's very little. There's very. There's very little that Kevin Durant could have won, could could have went and he could have done that would not have resulted in him getting slammed by somebody. Absolutely. Bottom line is he came back, he got hurt. Where does this lead them now? Where do they go now? Where do they go from here? Personally, I think they come back and win. I still think they come back and win this series. With game six being in Golden State and as we record this segment, it's actually what, a couple hours before the game? Yes. So, hence you not hearing us giving a lot of recap about Game Six mm-hmm. on like, Friday morning. Like I said, we'll talk about we'll talk about the series. It's we'll talk about the series itself in a but, whole next week. But I say that because so you'll understand the statement I'm about to make. If Golden State tonight wins Game Six, which I do think they're capable of doing at home, it's not a lot. We've already seen Toronto win in Golden State, but we've also seen Golden State win in Toronto without Kevin Durant. If they can win in Toronto without Kevin Durant, I'm pretty sure they can sneak one out at home without Kevin Durant. But if Golden State is to win tonight and it goes to Game 7, this would be... That would be the one scenario where I think... Kevin Durant has opportunity to get bashed even more. 
How, how so? One, he'll get bashed for coming back early and getting hurt, risking his career, people will say that. And then they'll look at Golden State and say, they didn't even need you. They're great. They're a great team that wins a championship without you. They came back against from three one with against you. You wouldn't join them, and then you got hurt, and they came back from three one against the second, the other best player in the league right now. What do they need you for? Oh well, you know what, and that's why they play the game, my friend. Mm-hmm. That is why. They play the game. Hey, look, let's take let's take a real quick break. We want to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think of KD? Should he have come, should he have come back, or do you, do you even feel like there's somebody to blame? Hit us up on Twitter. Hit hit us up o underscore d underscore discourse. That is how you reach us on Twitter. We want to hear your thoughts on this whole Kevin Durant mess. Now we are going to take a quick break, and we're gonna st- but we're gonna keep it NBA. When we come back, we'll keep, we, we are going to keep it NBA. Now, I also have a hip-hop question for you, my friend Mike Jones. Okay. This is my hip-hop question for you. I want you to give me the worst Jay-Z song of all time. I have a couple. I, I have two that I'm going to put out for you, but I want you to think, if you can think of two worst songs, than the ones I'm going to play for you today. All right? All right. We are I'm going think, and I'm going to answer that question after we come back from the break. All right, here we go. We are going to take a break right here on Offense, Defense, and Discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning, starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. James Lewis. There's so many people walking around with the Best Buy Polo, then you have the Sprint people. Then you have the Geek Squad people. Then you have like Geek Squad. the Cox, like the Geek the Cox Cable people. Right. So there are 38 people walking around at Best Buy doing absolutely nothing. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Can we say F- No, we Best can't. Buy? We can't say that. We, okay. we, we cannot say that. Okay. Uh, we shouldn't say that. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying that. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Hope you've been having a good time with us today listening to Offense, Defense, and Discourse. Me and John will be right back in a couple minutes. But in the meantime, while we're taking a quick break, enjoy these songs and we'll get right back to you.
drinking sake is me and my mommy with the doobie, cutie, smelling like Miyaki, half Philippine thing, but now let's call it Suki, got me booty banging properly, in Versace pants, cocky, both legging stands, a thing of beauty, watch me, body crazy, firm like nature, foxy, not to lazy, truly reason to bust the toolie and keep lace the jewelry, watch me, girlie try to lure me and lock me, you gotta get up early, cause who's getting played is not me, surely you just, she said if you thought I was purely out for the bucks, you would've stuck and dropped me, I said maturely, right, but better say than sorry, before the love Birds can move to the suburbs. I need to double check your story to make sure that you want to be kind and you deserve to be my sunshine. Uh. Only hearing songs, uh-huh. keep a gear for norm. Blocks of ice in the air, round the neck to charm. Wrist right. before the life is, it keeps on her arm. Keep her abreast at all times. Cats would love to creep uh-huh. just to say they crept with mine, slept with mine. She said, I ain't deaf, no blind. Stress, uh-huh. hating cause they less than mine. They won't accept me. We chose each other. Uh-huh. You acting like you chose me. They oppose you, then they oppose me. We could creep at a low speed to get. Double cross you, they got the triple cross me. I'm thinking that's the way it's supposed uh-huh. to be. One more thing, if I ever go broke, uh-huh. will you hit the block for me? Show she replied, uh-huh. eyes open wide. Uh-huh. You put that on everything? I put that on my life. Right. On your jewelry to come get me. You better know. Catch me with a chick, uh, forgive me. Now that, oh they no. spread rumors, we can defend me. Tooth and nail, they try to frame me. Would you be there uh, to the truth prevails? Now would you be the same dude when you blow the roof of sales that you was? Throw a box, cut the roof for 12. This is the truth, I shall uh, to the Lucas frail. I put this on my nephews from the smallest to the bell. Me and you ballin' from the heavens or the hell. Won't let you hit the ground if I'm falling myself. Now bitch, me leaving you in this cold world, brawling for death. It's me and you in this old girl, we taking the belt. From the lows to the highs, through the foes, we shine. Just continue to be my sunshine. Uh. Offense, defense, and discourse right here on Lance J Radio. What is going on? My name is John Brown. On the phone with me is Mike Jones. We just heard Sunshine, Always Be My Sunshine by Jay-Z. That is That was nominated by a friend of mine on Twitter. We got into a conversation on Twitter regarding what is the worst Jay-Z song of all time. And that was his nominee. I have one. We'll listen to it in a little bit. But 
That was my no- that was his nominee for worst Jay Z record of all time. Always be my sunshine, Jay Z and Foxy Brown. Personally, when I think of that, when I think of that song, when I think of Volume One, I feel like Jay Z was still trying to find his place in hip hop. You know, that's we're talking '97. Biggie had just died. We're talking the end. Of, we're talking. Spring, summer, uh, winter of 97 now. Mm-hmm. Biggie was gone for about six, seven months now. And now, you know, it's Jay-Z wasn't ready for that takeover. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't Jay-Z, you know, that we all know him to be now. He was still finding his way. He was still finding his formula. And I felt like too much, I felt like on volume one, Jay-Z was trying too hard to be, big like you know you see jay and videos and you know this is the beginning of jay and videos and dame dash in the background dancing around like he's puffy and i felt like that song and that video just the whole visual you know the the colors and everything it was just too much it, it was too much like jay trying to be jay and, and dame trying to be like biggie and puff that's what I think of when I think of Sunshine by uh, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. But to me, to me, that's not the worst song. That, w- that wasn't a great record. That wasn't a great record. That wasn't a great CD. I always thought, I always rank Volume 1 last when I rank Jay-Z records. Volume 1 is like, in my opinion, the worst Jay-Z record of all of, all of them. And that I have to disagree with. Because when you asked me what I thought the worst song was, mm-hmm. my mind and that actually went to what I thought his worst album was first. Okay. And in my opinion, his worst albums are Blueprint 2 is the worst and then possibly Kingdom Come. Mm. Now, I, I will put them in the bottom when I think of when I think of bad Jay Z CDs, Kingdom Come, Blueprint Two, and Volume One are all down there. But I put Volume One worse. Maybe then Blueprint Two. Maybe then Kingdom Come. Like, but in the end, those those three are at the bottom. They hold the bottom of the scale. And you know when you when I think it's like. Like to me, greatest Jay Z album is Reasonable Doubt. That's what I put number one. I know a lot of people might put uh some people put American Gangsters, some people put uh the recent joint uh was it four ten? Always oh I always call that four twenty. I don't know why. Always want to call that album four twenty. But either either way, people put that up at at the top. I always put reasonable doubt. I always thought reasonable doubt was the best Jay Z CD. But we will we will continue this conversation in a, in a second because I want to get I want to get my suggestion. I want you know what I thought was the worst Jay Z song. So we'll listen to that in a second. But let's get back to our conversation about Kevin Durant. We were talking Kevin Durant and his injury. Mm-hmm. And how his injury shapes the NBA Finals, but that is not the only aspect of NBA life in the NBA conversation that KD's injury uh, 
influences? Oh, not at all. There's another major aspect that KD injury will have an effect on. Yes, and that is free agency. Kevin Durant was set to be a free agent this year. And the whole league seemed to be waiting to see what he was going to do. Do you think, now, I want I want your opinion. Do you think this injury shapes what he was going to do? I, I do. How so? Prior to the injury, there was a 0% chance of him opting into this player option he has built into his current contract. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now, with the injury, I do think there's at least a small chance that he'll take the opt-in, depending on what offers he he gets and how much he likes those offers. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, and it's already been reported, that there are GMs out there saying they would still give Kevin Durant the max, even with the injury, and I don't doubt that report at all. Not at all. If it were me and I'm a GM, I'd probably still give Kevin Durant the max. Too. It's Kevin Durant. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. It's Kevin Durant. In the end, in the end you have to think, if you're an NBA GM, even if Kevin Durant can't come back and be Kevin Durant again. He can still come can back still, and be better than Melo. Yes. Ex- better than who? Melo. Oh. <laughs> you just had to throw that dig in there. You just had to, you, you just, just needed to throw that shade in there real quick. You you and your Melo hate, man. Hey, man. Somebody's <laughs> got to educate the people. Uh, all right. All right. Well, I'm not going back and forth with you on this one today. But but nonetheless, I think it, it's not surprising that NBA D- GMs would do this. But if I'm Kevin Durant, what do you do? Because I got I have to, I agree with you in the sense that I think there's more of a chance that he stays with Golden State for this next year. I mean, because, he's out this season either way. Mhm. So he could opt in with Golden State this year for about $31 million. He could opt out, hope Golden State offers him the Supermax, which would be very, uh, what's that, into, into like the 40 some million range now. Mm-hmm. Or the Veterans Max that he could get from any team, I believe, starts at around 38 if they were willing to give him the max. So I'm pretty sure he has his agents, his representation out right now, listening to behind-the-scenes, backdoor conversations, getting a feel for what the market will be like. And come June, June 29th, by when he has to make that decision on his player option, he'll already know whether or not teams will be willing to max it, give him the max this year, and whether any of those teams are somewhere he actually wants to go. So let me ask you, if given what you know of the situation, I want you to make, could you make the best option for him opting in, for him stay, opting in and not taking that option and staying with Golden State for one more year? You if you don't get a max contract offer from a team that you want to go to, 
and your options are take a big contract from a team that you know will be bad and be stuck in a bad situation and hope they get lucky in the lottery while you're while you're hurt or stay in Golden State make 31 million wait till you're healthy and then go wherever you want next summer because you'll be healthy and you'll actually be even be able to go through workouts and do physicals for people if you have to so they know you're 100% and then will be more willing to give you the max. So it, you're going to have to put feelers out and see. And who knows if he was even wanting to leave Golden State in the first place. That's not actually a conversation he's been willing to have this season. Mm-hmm. And, and I, There's been so much speculation. And the problem with today's social media society, however you want to look at it, it's like when you don't have the information to make a sound opinion, a sound judgment, or to write a sound narrative, you have to make it up on your own. We don't know if Kevin Durant is happy in Golden State. And we don't know if he's unhappy in Golden State. We have no clue. We have no clue. There's nothing to say either way other than the fact that, you know what, he's putting up good numbers. He plays like he's the best player in the league. The only thing I know for a fact, that Golden State offers him the best basketball situation. Yes. If his goal is to win, win and continue to win at a high level and have a chance, opportunity to win championships, Golden State's the best situation. Let me ask you this. Golden State's best. Uh, Golden State's the best, if not one of the best, play teams in the Western Conference, if not the whole NBA. Correct. Correct. Would they still be the best? One of the best, if not one of the best teams, without uh, without Clay Thompson. Without Clay Thompson. Without Clay Thompson, because they're all because Golden State is looking I'm at right. Go. Kevin Durant is looking at a possibility of staying in Golden State where he cannot play for the entire season and they don't have Klay Thompson either. Mm-hmm. Does that change his Does that change his outlook or what he does? If they lose Klay Thompson, does that change things? And he's like, hey, you know what? That might put these other teams in play. Possibly, but... I don't think it cha- matters that much this year because Durant's not playing either way this year. Mm-hmm. And if he does decide to opt in, he can go still go wherever he wants next year. Mm-hmm. So what Clay does this year, it might tempt him into staying, but I don't think it will have any effect on whether or not he leaves. It won't incur- Clay leaving won't encourage Durant to leave. As great of a player and as perfect of a fit as Clay Thompson is, when you have Curry and Durant, you can find a two guard to play with them. Mm-hmm. Of course, you'll miss Clay Thompson. You're not going to get another Clay Thompson, who is one of the best two way shooting guards in the league. Mm-hmm. He constantly guards the other team's best perimeter player. And he can score 60 points while having the ball in his hands for 90 seconds. So, 
you're not going to replace Clay Thompson with equal talent. But with Durant, with Curry, and even Draymond Green, let's not forget him. Still very feasible that they're a championship-level team the year after next if Durant is still there. We we talked last segment. We talked last segment about Kevin Durant being smart. Kevin Durant's not an idiot. Kevin Durant's a very smart man. He's a very basketball-wise and just all around. This move Kevin that Kevin Durant made from Oklahoma City to uh, to Golden State was about putting himself in a position to win championships, to make money and to win championships. Championships, probably more championships than money. But, well, definitely more championships than money. Oklahoma City could have paid him more money. Yeah. I mean, but the bottom line is Kevin Durant ain't, st- ain't starving out there in Golden State. No, he's but, not starving. And, but he but, realized the likelihood of him winning, winning a championship mm-hmm. in OKC with that OKC roster mm-hmm. was not very high, yes. regardless of what some other people may think of the talent on the OKC roster. Mm-hmm. I'm one to think that yeah, that that team, especially after Harden left, would have been hard pressed to win a championship. Agree, agree. I guess, but the point the point I'm trying to make is simple. I think winning championships plays a huge role in Kevin Durant's decision, no matter what it would be, and no matter what his injury uh, his injury situation is. Kevin Durant plays this entire series healthy, winning a championship and the and the quest to win more championships would play a role in that decision. It played a role in his decision to go to Golden State in the first place. It will play a role in whether he stays in Golden State. It'll play a role in where he goes to begin with. People throwing out teams like uh the Lakers and the Knicks and all these teams that can pay him a lot of money. Yeah, that's well and good. I'm sure Kevin Durant loves money. I'm uh, not JC, gonna... Let me throw out this caveat to okay. you. And now, I agree with you completely. Championships was probably the most important thing to KD when he went to Golden State. But I think that was the case because what's really important to him is his legacy. Okay. And he hears all the talk. We know he hears all the talk. <laughs> He's got he about seven burner accounts. Of course he hears it. Exactly. So what's been the talk since he went to Golden State? People don't even mention him as being the greatest because oh, he went to a 73-win team already. Mm-hmm. You went to the team that beat you. He hears that too. And I think that may be a piece of him that thinks, for the sake of my legacy, I may need to go somewhere now that I have championships on my resume already. I may need to go somewhere else 
just so people will remember how great I am and not think I'm on a loaded team. Mm. I I hear that nav- I hear that narrative. Let me throw something out to you. I just want your opinion. I'm not necessarily I don't necessarily count this as a retort or a response. But let me let let's let's go with this a second. Okay. We all, we both know that Kevin Durant is a smart person. Mm-hmm. He's also an observant person. He listens. He he listens and he watches. How much do you see? How much do you think LeBron's struggles in Los Angeles will play a role in his decision making? Because LeBron was in a similar situation. Yes, I understand that Miami wasn't the team. Miami pre LeBron wasn't the team that Golden State was pre Durant. But a lot of the flack that Kevin Durant gets now was flack that LeBron went. LeBron got when he went to Miami. Mm-hmm. Oh, he joined. Oh, they he formed. Joined he, yeah, he formed a super team to win all the championships. Mm-hmm. You know, so and right or wrong, fair or foul. You know, if gold, if Golden State loses this finals. You know, there'll, there'll, there'll be, you know, some people who say, oh, well, it wasn't Kevin Durant. And then there'll also be some people who just be like, just, just don't care. They'll say it was all Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. So it's like they'll put, you know, even though Durant played in, what, one half, not even a half of one game of this series? A quarter and a half. A quarter and a half. So not even a full half. You know they'll look at Golden State and be like, "Hey, you know what? They ain't perfect either. Just like them, just like the Heat weren't perfect. You know, it's like nobody looks at why they lost. You know, you look at, you look at, uh, you look at uh, LeBron James's finals losses when he came back to Cleveland. Nobody mm-hmm. looks at the situation. You know, nobody looks at the situations, the actual situations as to why they lost. They just know he lost. Yeah, the only people who talk about why. Are basketball nerds mm-hmm. like me and you, yeah. or, or good friend Anthony Gilbert, or somebody like that? Yeah, those yeah. are the people who talk about why. Yeah, nobody, ab- nobody ab- talks about yeah. that first that first year <laughs> LeBron came back to Cleveland, and they lost in the finals to Golden State. Nobody talks about Kyrie that, was hurt. Yeah, Kyrie was hurt, and Kevin Love was hurt, and then. The, Kyrie was hurt the first year. The second year, Steph Curry was hurt. Mm-hmm. The third year, Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt. Mm-hmm. So in those three straight trips to the finals, a major... with Kyrie and LeBron together, yeah. not there was not a time where both finals teams were 100%. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cleveland's banged up. Golden Cle- State's banged up. Cleveland's, banged Cleveland's up. even yeah. more banged Cleveland was banged up. Golden State was banged up, and Draymond Green got suspended. Mm-hmm. Nobody talked. You know those those were the factors. But all you see is LeBron won one, lost three. He, you know, mm-hmm. it, so but none. So nonetheless, you fast forward this series. Yes, there will be yes the, the basketball nerds like you, like me, like you know people we've had on this show will say, hey man, they, they didn't have Durant. But they'll still say, hey man, Golden State was a pretty darn good team with or without Kevin Durant, and they lost to a Toronto team that not a lot of people put in the finals, even in the, uh, even during this year's playoffs. That's true. But just as big as 
Kevin Durant being out, I believe, is the fact that Clay Thompson has been hampered this series. Mm, that too. And game, game five, he looked like himself. Mm-hmm. Game three, he sat out. Game four, he shot well. But I don't necessarily think he looked, especially on the defensive end, as though he was a hundred percent. So, so I mean, if you're missing Durant and then Clay Thompson is hampered, Boogie Cousins is, is hampered, Andre Iguodala is hampered. How good of a team are we really talking about? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But, but these are the think, things, like you mentioned, people don't don't discuss the why. People don't discuss the why, but the, I guess in the end, like I, to tie it all in, the point that I, the point that I am making is, if Golden State were to lose this series, people mm-hmm. aren't going to look at the why. But in the end, for Kevin, as as it pertains to Kevin Durant, we talked about his decision and the criticisms, the criticism that he gets for going to Golden State, a team that had won seventy three games and then got him and went on to win two straight finals. Yeah. They're in a position to win three. They mm-hmm. they they won two straight, were in a position to win a third. And, you know, yes, he's going to get all that criticism or whatever. And, yes, I understand he hears the criticism. What I guess what is up for debate is how much that criticism affects him. It might bother him, you know. I think That's how much it bothers him and how we'll much yeah. see how it plays out. Yeah, how I it, will say though that if Golden State loses this series, I think that makes it easier for Durant to stay mm-hmm. because it, it will make him feel more needed. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this. I guess the question that I'm trying to ask because. We talk about Kevin Durant hearing the criticism and maybe and that kind of fostering the idea that he should go to a situation where he can be, using the air quotes here, the guy mm-hmm. and lead a team to a championship. And looking at LeBron James, who faced similar criticism when he went to Miami, Similar criticism when he came back to Cleveland because they had Kyrie and then he forced the trade to get Kevin Love. And no, that was not the super team that Miami was, but it was still a pretty it was still a pretty formidable team. It was a team good enough to make them one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. It was a team that had a number one pick in Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. They had Buster not a top pick and Anthony Bennett on the roster. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what he turned into, they had the, the rights to Andrew Wiggins on that roster. That's talent. Yes. Now, they, of course, they turned Wiggins and Bennett into love, kept Kyrie, brought in, you know, some, some vets around them to fill out roles. But let's not pretend he was out there playing in Cleveland the second time with Chop Liver. No, no, he was not. No, that was still that was still a pretty good team. Absolutely. And like he, 
and he drew some criticism as to how he formed the team and how good that team was. Now, like I said, that team wasn't the Miami team that he had, but that was still a pretty, like you said, that was still a pretty darn good team. That was still a pretty darn good squad. But nonetheless, he then leaves Cleveland and goes to Los Angeles. He goes to the Lakers, who had been struggling for a long time. They've been struggling to find an identity since the end of Kobe's career up until now. And he was not able to instantly turn that around. And there's question marks as to whether they'll be able to turn it around this year. I mean, so ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that the Lakers are not at the top of any top free agents list. Yeah. They look, because, see here. Les Paul is able to strong arm the Pelicans into sending Anthony Davis to the Lakers. And he does appear to be trying to strong arm them into doing that. He seems to be trying to strong arm a lot of people into a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Did you see that article about him trying to get a job on the Lakers staff? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, he's an interesting character. He's a, he's a, he he is very interesting. But the the thing the thing about it is, you and I talked about LeBron's decision to go to the Lakers, mm-hmm. and I had made it clear how I felt. I felt like LeBron's decision to go to the Lakers was LeBron saying that he felt like his legacy is etched in stone. And whether or not the Lakers are able to turn it around, no matter what happens, LeBron's legacy is LeBron's legacy. Nothing is going to change about that. If he is able to turn it around, that is great. If he doesn't turn around, if he doesn't turn around, LeBron James will end his career still being one of, if not the greatest player of all time. And if he is, that is a question for another show and a conversation I'm really not trying to be in. At, at this point, I think we can all agree that if LeBron were to retire right now or whatever happens throughout the, the remainder of the last few years mm-hmm. of his career, you have to say LeBron is a top five, top three even. Mm-hmm. I go as far as top two, but for the sake of avoiding argument, yes. <laughs> absolutely top five NBA all-time. Yes, agreed, agreed. However, I think, but in this world of narratives, in this world of indictments that we all, that we live in, you know that there are people who want to use the Lakers struggle as a, you know, as a medium, as a catalyst for LeBron hate. And to me, I just feel like, you know what, LeBron is over it. I thought the move, I thought the move to Miami was about legacy. I thought the move to Cleveland was about legacy. I thought the move to L.A. was about everything that goes with being in L.A., about start about starting, getting a jump start on his post-basketball career, doing all the entertainment things that he needs. And quite frankly, I feel like, you know, that's cool. But I feel but, like that part of it. I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. His move, the decision to go to L.A. was not primarily about winning basketball games. Mm-hmm. That from the basketball perspective of it, I agree that in my mind, at least, LeBron James right now is the second greatest player I've ever seen. Okay. But 
what will be fuel for LeBron haters is that the way this roster is constructed in L.A., at least how it was constructed this past season, and how it's likely to be constructed going forward unless they're able to pull off some wonderful things in the front office, it will expose the flaws in LeBron's game. Mm. Whereas offensively, a guy like Kevin Durant has no holes because he can he's just as dangerous playing off the ball as he is on the ball. LeBron James, that's not the case. He's not just as dangerous playing off the ball. Mm-hmm. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy. And on the ball, that means you have to have specific types of guys around him because he's not a pure shooter, so you need catch-and-shoot guys that like to play defense around him. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, his teams are likely to struggle, and they do become a lot more defensible. Agree. Even with as great as Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were, it took a year for them to look figure out how to play together. Mm-hmm. As great as LeBron is, when you got in Cleveland the first time up against the Spurs in the finals, they exposed the fact that LeBron wasn't a pure shooter, which is the same thing Dallas did with that first year in Miami. Mm-hmm. And so you have to. There are very specific things you have to do around a player like that. Agree. Whereas Kevin Durant, he can fit in nearly any system. He can fit in nearly any system, but I still. But you still have to build around him. It's not going to be a situation where you where it's like add Kevin Durant and four oh, guys and somebody out there with them. Yeah. I'm but, not saying that at mm-hmm. all. No, but I guess what what I guess what I what I'm, the, uh, the point that the point that I'm trying to make is the point I'm trying to make is is simple. I just feel like you know Kevin Durant still needs a good situation, and I feel like I'm not quite sure. I'm not convinced at when you look at the teams that are out there that have a chance and have the cap space and money to get Kevin Durant. Do they have the pieces around him to win? And now that you have Kevin Durant sitting for a year, you know, it, it can they, I don't know if they have, if they're in a position to, to win I with him next year or the year after. I have to, and I know this is not what he intended and I, and I don't want this to seem as though I'm, I'm coming at you. This okay. is more for the sake of our listeners. Okay. The idea like you just threw out there that Durant still needs a good situation. Mm-hmm. The idea that anyone's ever won without having a good situation, mm-hmm. this idea that some guy is so great he's won by himself, LeBron carried teams, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan carried teams. No, never happened. Okay. No, I know you're not coming at me because I know that's not what that's not how I feel. I, I understand. No, that's not what you're saying. But I, when I hear you say, like, the, the rat still needs a good in, a situation, for me that's just an understanding. That's a given. Mm-hmm. So not for you, but so but for the list, that's a given. Mm-hmm. Any player needs a good situation if they're going to win. Okay, well, I guess to to piggyback your point, I I hear what you're saying, and I and we're on the same page as far as that is as far as that's concerned. But I just think there are people who who just automatically say, "All right, the Knicks." Mm-hmm. The, the Knicks. Who who who's on the Knicks? Exactly. 
That's the point. And you know, they can get Kyrie. And honestly, it's if you're Kevin Durant, if you're Kevin Durant, and the reason why you left Golden State, oh, excuse me, okay. well, you left OKC was to mm-hmm. get away from a player like Russell Westbrook. Why would you then go to New York to play with a player just who's built like Russell Westbrook? And maybe not even be the facilitator that Russell Westbrook is in Kyrie Irving. And he's less explosive and he has bad knees at this point in yeah. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. So to I'd me Westbrook. Yeah. So to me it's like if that's your choice, it's like and, you, and I've been thinking that the whole time people have been talking about Kyrie and Durant teaming up. Mm-hmm. And you know me, that was that was always my first thought. Okay, see, because you didn't think you could win with Westbrook. Why would you why play? Why would you want to play with Kyrie? Why would you want to play with Kyrie? That's look, <sighs> uh, man. That, uh, see, you know, I, I'm, I, you know what the problem is? The problem is I've been hosting the show with you too long. Because now the things that get your goat get my goat. So that that's that that that. <sighs> you, you, you know what it is? You you've been noticing patterns that I I keep I beat the same dead horse for years. <laughs> and people learn that I'm telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. But you've been, and you've been seeing these patterns. Like yes. a year ago, I was like, Boston should trade Kyrie for Anthony Davis mm-hmm. now. Yep. Boston's better without Kyrie. Mm-hmm. People thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no. Well, you know, well, I will say this. I didn't think you were insane. I didn't think you were insane. Wasn't quite, you know, I wasn't quite there with you. But what you said made sense. Like I could see it, mm-hmm. I understood it, but I wasn't—I—I I, I wasn't quite there with you. That, but now I'm—I'm I'm completely there with you. Mm-hmm. Completely there with you. All right, we're going to take a real quick break on offense, defense, and discourse. Join in the discussion. Use Twitter. O underscore D underscore discourse. That is the best way to reach us. On the other side of the break. I have my nominee for the worst Jay-Z record of all time. I'm going to play it for you, and we're going to get your opinion. We're going to continue that conversation, and we're going to continue our conversation on NBA free agency when offense, defense, and discourse continues on Lance J Radio. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. And Bush was like, come on, come with me. Everywhere I went with Bushwick, he showed me a lot about the game, the moves I was supposed to do, and I, I just listened to my big brother, and I salute. I salute your eye, I salute the father you know. James Lewis. Exude knowledge and experience, and, and they're not looking for a student or a pupil, but just want to each one, reach one, teach one. I'm just a proud individual to, to know within myself that the man absorbed the knowledge, run with the wisdom, 
and I live good right now. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hope you've been having a good time with us today listening to Offense, Defense, and Discord. Me and John will be right back in a couple minutes. But in the meantime, while we're taking a quick break, enjoy these songs and we'll get right back to you. Cause that's the rule Damn I like a girl to spin a little cast for a shoe Face natural Can I get at you? So a spot on the body Look nice with a tattoo on my name But didn't want to jump the gun I ain't know how many niggas was humping hunt I said I never seen a face like yours before And I've been around some cute old before But either me or my boys tore it up before So I'm hoping you different Let you push the six and give you a different life And baby if it's right Jump on it in the morning And ride it to the night Wanna buy you ill jewelry when it hits the light it's a momentarily lose their sight uh-huh. She said I know what boys like I know what they want yeah. I know what boys like uh, uh, what? Boys like I know what boys like uh-huh. I know what they want uh-huh. I know what boys like uh-huh. So on the cutie with a booty like in the mouth, earrings shine like today. I'm a real if so you know I do real things. Only real this you live like queens. Get it? Safety deposit in the walk-in clock. Uh-huh. Marble forces with matching rose points uh-huh. in the driveway from Monday to Friday. I be the rich. Uh-huh. If you know the issue, why chickens clutch, giving up the butt. I plays the cut with the daddy wall bucks. You can call me a slut. Who gives a fuck? That's fine. I'm good with mine. I can tell by your shoes. You know what I want. Uh-huh. A prenup. Give me half up front. My sex be the best. So we split these cards. You can stop saying mine and start saying nah. Uh-huh. I know what girls like. I'm a fly. Fireplace, John Blaze, uh, Victoria's Secret, uh, lingerie, uh, ice like Don K. The price was like eight digits a long way. Ish. Got the beachfront view, V12. Cop you one, cop me one two. On the place, jet skis, park by the lake. No neighbors, make all the noise you wanna make. Invite your friends over, let them make their way through the Benzes and the Rovers. For they reach the door, vacate, away, a week or more. First class to and fro, freaking off. Got the Hamptons locked, champagne pop. Cruise around the world till the damn thing stops. Cop Rembrandt, hang on, pay the lot. Can't complain, we ballin', true or not, man. I know what girls like. I know what they 
vision of Definitive Vision is multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. And we are back on offense, defense, and discourse. What is going on? My name is John Brown. I am here with you talking sports with my man, Mike Jones. We're also talking a little bit of hip-hop. Talking hip-hop, talking Jay-Z. Question that I asked earlier in the show, what is the worst Jay-Z song of all time? This stems from a conversation I had on Twitter with a friend of mine. He threw out the song that we played earlier, Always Be My Sunshine. He said that was the worst song of all time. I told him, write CD, wrong song. My suggestion for the worst Jay-Z song of all time is I Know What Girls Like. That was also on volume one. But that song featuring Puff Daddy and Lil' Kim, I think is the worst Jay-Z song of all time. I think when you saw Jay-Z's public persona with that CD, with that, with volume one, you're looking at the uh you're looking at the city is mine, always be my sunshine, and wishing on a salt, wishing on a star. Those were the three singles from that CD. To me, the city is mine and always be my sunshine just to me screamed Jay and Dame trying to be Puffy and uh Puffy and Biggie. I know what girls like is full on. Look, I am Biggie now and Dame is Puffy. Only thing missing from I know what girls like is Jay-Z getting on the mic going, baby, baby. That's how much I felt like. I'm like, what What are you doing here? And then you'd also have to have Dame in the background going, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Exactly, yeah. Dame should have jumped on that song. Dame should have jumped on the mic. And go take that, take that, take that. Uh huh. <laughs> like, what are you doing? This is like, we need New York, the East Coast needed somebody at that point. You know, we're we're morning, we're morning. Biggie is going. We're all hurt, and this is what you offer up. Now, I will admit, I was a little biased to Jay Z when he came out. To volume one. Jay-Z is now, he, he is now since that time become probably my favorite rapper. One of the greatest of all time. But at that point, fall of 97, I was a little biased against Jay-Z. Here is why. Morgan State University. Our homecoming, 1997. Our homecoming concert was supposed to be Jay-Z and the Lost Boys. Lost Boys had Renee out. They was hot on the streets. In fact, that's how much, that's how, the Lost Boys were supposed to be the the headliner of that concert with Jay-Z opening up for them. Quiet is kept. We had snuck into the, we, we had snuck a camera into the building and videotaped the whole concert. I wish YouTube was around then. I wish I had, I had some business acumen. I would have sold that joint, made me some money. I have no clue where that tape is from that concert. But I had a whole that whole homecoming concert with Jay-Z on it because the Lost Boys never showed up. So it was just Jay-Z. Now, 
The reason why I'm biased against Jay-Z is because that year when Jay-Z was supposed to show up, he showed up to the concert late. When they showed up to the concert, he and Dame then held up the concert to get their money for the concert up front right there that night at the concert. Now, the school officials not being smart. As soon as he got into the building, they handed him a microphone. So we had been all up there. We're, we're sitting there, whole crowd, whole auditorium, screaming for Jay-Z, screaming for a concert. Jay-Z's backstage with a live microphone in his hand, and he's like, yo, I'm ready to rock this mic. I'm here, Rockefeller's in the building, but we need to get this money straight first. As soon as we get this money straight, we'll, come, we'll continue with the show. Crowd, crowd going just, crazy. So just so we have this clear. Yes. What are our nominees for this worst Jay-Z song? The two nominees are the, the two nominees are right now are Always Be My Sunshine and I Know What Girls Like. Okay. Uh, but the bottom I'd line, love any other suggestions from other, other people as yeah, well. Hit yeah, us yeah, on hit us Twitter up. with those as well. Hit us up. We'll talk we'll continue this conversation. All I was saying is to to wrap up my story was bottom line, you know, Jay-Z just looked bad that day. Look real annoying. Like, yo, you, you held up the concert. He came. He ended up doing a pretty good show. Had a pretty good set. Brought Akinelli with him. Brought Sauce Money out there with him. But still, it was like, yo, it was kind of, you know, that, that was kind of a whack move. And then you come out with what was arguably the worst out. My my nominee for worst Jay-Z album of all time. So it's like you held up the show. You acted like that. And then you came out with an album that was garbage. The singles were garbage. Always be my sunshine, garbage. And then uh, City is Mine is all right. City is Mine is all right. But, you know, Always Be My Sunshine was whack. Wishing on a Star was kind of whack. You know, eh. It just, eh, eh. Eh. That whole CD was eh. Now, do you have a nom? I know you said you had a nominee. You had something that you felt was was a a worse song. Like I said, my first thoughts were worst album, mm -hmm. and then when I go to worst album, I'm thinking about Blueprint Two, mm -hmm. and then I go through Blueprint Two, and I started thinking about songs like Point Out the Bell. And I'm like, I could have really lived without this song. Like, I didn't ever need this song. Why do we have to point out the bounce? Mm -hmm. Like, nothing's bouncing. <laughs> this song <laughs> don't make me bounce. Yeah. It, this is a bad song. Like, that was a double CD. It was a double CD. Yeah, double CD. It would have been a really, really good album if it was only 14 songs long. Yeah. Well, didn't but he come out? Go to, didn't he come out to, later, like with a Blueprint two point one? Yeah. Like and, that, that was a yeah. But when you go to twenty four plus tracks, all that thing, mm -hmm. it's like yeah, there's a there's just a lot of material we didn't need. No, no, I understand. There, I understand. All right, well here it is. You know, he had this. Well, got I guess for me. When you look at Blueprint 2, first mm -hmm. thing, first thing, like the song had, uh, uh, the first song, he had a song, A Dream, that had uh, Faith and Biggie on it. 
And what struck me about that song was an interview I saw Jay-Z do right after Puff Puff put out that first posthumous Biggie CD. And Jay-Z was talking about why he was never why he wasn't on that project. And Jay-Z was like, I rocked in the studio with Biggie for real. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to go against that memory. You know, I wanted to keep that memory. Now, just so the people know, I do actually have a poll up on Twitter about what worst Jay-Z song is. Okay. We've already got one reply. I just put the poll up a minute ago. Uh Friend of the show, Jeff Mosher, who's been a guest. Yes. Changed clothes. Change clothes? No. Well, look, I don't think that's the worst. That's not one of my favorites, but that's not the worst. Change. Well, the, the poll will be up until about 7.45 Friday evening. Okay, so, so look. You have time to comment. It's, I've t- tweeted it from my own account, but I'm also about to retweet it from the ODD page. Mm-hmm. So it'll be up on both at Jonesy underscore LJR or at O at at O underscore D underscore discourse. Either well, one. Well, here's the thing. All right. First of all, Change Clothes was on the Black Album. Black Album, if, you know, if Black Album's right up there with Reasonable Doubt with greatest Jay-Z albums, I can't take a song from one of the greatest Jay-Z albums and say that was one of his worst songs. To me, his worst song has to come from Blueprint 2, Volume One or Kingdom Come. I can't put I can't put a song I I I just can't as a fan I can't put a song with uh I can't put a song from one of his best albums and say that was his worst song I I you know I I don't know if I can do that. You know you you know people are free to disagree. You know, I respect whatever's opinion, but yeah, I, I just can't do that. I, I can't. But you tell me, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Jump in this conversation. O underscore D underscore discourse. Or you can hit up Jonesy, J-O-N-E-S-Y underscore L-J-R or me at J-L-B from D-V-M. Jump in this conversation. Let me know what is the worst Jay-Z song of all time. All right, now let's jump back into this. Let's jump back into the basketball conversation. We only got a few, we only got a few minutes left. We were talking. Was, I'm sorry, go ahead. We're jumping into basketball. There's, there's something I have to get off my chest. Okay. And I've been watching. I have no psychological training. I am not a psychologist, a psychiatrist. I'm not trained to give any diagnoses. No, but you have a Twitter account and you have a podcast. That's all you need nowadays to be able to give, you know, these types of analysis. Go ahead, man. So that being said, I am convinced that Kawhi Leonard is a true psychopath and if he weren't 6'8", he'd be a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why, do you, why do you say that, dude? Six, eight, he's a cold-blooded killer on the basketball court. Mm. Like, like, 
when you watch basketball, the amount of the calm and emotionless way he goes about carrying out some of the most mm-hmm. physically aggressive and strong moves, mm-hmm. all while not even like think about when you watch Michael Jordan or LeBron or some of these guys, mm-hmm. great players. They're screaming and charged up, and they need that emotion to push them to that extra level. Kawhi's doing it with not even cracking a smile, anything ever. Mm -hmm. Like that type of detachment or callousness almost to the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'd be a serial killer if he wasn't so good at basketball. (laughs) Well, thank goodness for basketball because it's it's saving like, a, a lot of lives. Call him and say, "Yeah, here's fifty thousand. Go kill him." And he could, I think, he could do it without flinching. Like, he do it. He do it on game night. He <laughs> like go out like, like, "Hey, I'll be right back." Yeah, I'll be right back. I need to go out there. All in fact, he wouldn't even tell anybody his business. Like it would come mm-hmm. out later, and you'd just be shocked. <laughs> like what? What? Where? He was. Do- he was doing what? Exactly. You mean to tell me this guy went out there and killed somebody at halftime, came back and dropped 30 points in the second half? What? And then, you know, there's all these Kawhi's and robot memes floating around. Yeah. And, you know, everybody thinks that stuff is funny. I keep telling people, y'all think it's funny now. Mm-hmm. Wait till he gets hacked by Russia, see who's laughing then. Mm-hmm. Wait till Russia hacks his operating system and see if you think it's funny now. Kawhi's a robot. Ha ha. All right. No, I, I, I do. Anyway, let's get back into this basketball conversation. Right. Well, you, you brought, got, you, brought you brought up Kawhi. Kawhi, Kawhi is a free agent now. Well, mm-hmm. I should say, well, he'll be a free agent at the at the end of the season. He'll be a free agent at the end of the month. With then, no more than two games left to play mm-hmm. under on his Toronto contract. Yes. Given that. Given that knowledge and given what he has done this year, because, yes, we knew Toronto was was good. We knew Toronto could go to the finals, but there were still not a lot of people who said they would go to the finals or predicted them to win the East. Now that they have won, now that they have won the East, now that they are in a position where they're at some point in time in this series, they were a game away. Went away from a championship. Yes. One went away. In fact, in game five, they were in game. Yes, in game five, they were ninety seconds away from winning a championship. Mm-hmm. They had to lead at home. Ninety seconds left in that game. They were a couple dagger threes by Steph and Clay away from icing that game. Yes, yes. Does at this point, I got. He has to stay, right? No. Okay. If they win, it will be difficult to leave. Mm-hmm. If they lose, not really. Why? In your opinion, why? If they lose, one, this was a city which, from the beginning, was not on his list of desired locations. Mm-hmm. He gave us a list of desired locations. L.A. was at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the Lakers, but the city of L.A. Okay. And Toronto, as far as we reports were, was nowhere on that list. So, to be in all fairness to Kawhi, he let us know 
what where he was looking to go a year ago. Mm-hmm. If Toronto chooses not to believe him and gives up assets anyway, thinking they can change their mind, that's on him. On excuse me, on them. Eugene chose to gamble. Mm-hmm. So you gamble sometimes, you win sometimes, you lose. Especially with a character like Kawhi who has a history, like, in San Antonio, nobody knew he was unhappy until it was over. Mm. Until it's all fallen apart at the end. Prior to the quad injury and the controversy with Tony Parker, there and Tony Parker, who had a injury of his own, saying something to the effect of, I'm out here playing, Kawhi's not. Prior to that coming out, there was no indication ever that Kawhi was unhappy, would have ever thought about leaving. Mm-hmm. Then he barely ever suits up for San Antonio again. And demands a trade, I want to be I want to be out of here. So Kawhi Leonard is an unpredictable character. And with the addition of the Durant injury, he is now the single most desired player on the market. Mm-hmm. He controls this year's free agent market now. He controls the free agent market, and I feel like you got to think that he is about, you have to think that he's about his business the same way he's about himself on the court. Where the things that could sway somebody either way you know, and business-wise, financially, might not sway him. You know, I I think he's going to be a robot with his moves, and honestly, you would think he would got. You know, you would think he should and he would stay in Toronto, and Toronto would probably, you know, Toronto's their collective head would explode if Kai if if Kawhi bounced at this point but if there was anybody who would make a move like that and just simply not care or simply not even show that he's affected it would be Kawhi Leonard exactly which is why I say this guy is just unpredictable Mm -hmm. he gives no indication either any way other than a year ago he said something to the fact that L.A. was at the top of his list. He's a Cali guy. That mm-hmm. seems like home for him. Yeah, but I think but it, I, I think as, as much as that, you know, I feel like yes, that makes sense. But I feel like Paul George kind of put that issue to bed. He was an L.A. guy. He was kind of leaning towards L.A. People thought that when he. When he was up for free agency, he would go to L.A. And then when the time came, he saw what he had in in Oklahoma City. He saw what they were doing in OKC and said, you know what, I'm good here. Now that is a decision I think was truly based on money more than anything else. Really? I do. I don't think that Paul George believes his chances of winning a championship are any better than Kevin Durant did when he was in OKC. Mm-hmm. But OKC was going to give him some bread, and he decided to stay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Additionally, Paul George has never been one who seems to, at least offensively, relish that alpha role. Mm-hmm. So he may not 
take as much exception to Russell Westbrook's overly aggressive style at times. Mm. Yeah, Paul George just is, is, does not come off as a guy who has that true alpha personality. Okay, but but does Kawhi Leonard? Well, he doesn't have any personality. He just you know, he, Kawhi Leonard just goes out there and just gets buckets. That's his personality. His, his Kawhi Leonard's personality is buckets. Kawhi anyway. Leonard, the way he carries himself on the court with his actions, screams of alpha. Mm-hmm. No fear, no hesitation. I'm going to take my shots when they're there. I'm not looking to defer if I can get this bucket. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take over the game if I need to. He just doesn't talk while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. But his actions scream alpha. Yeah, he's an alpha. No, I understand. I guess you know most people. You know most of those those alpha personalities. Not only are they alpha personalities in their actions, they're alpha personalities oh. in their words. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you, "I'm an alpha." You don't need to. You know they didn't. They don't need to. You see but it. Make you know. But they'll let you know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Now other free agents. Well, uh, other other names popping up: Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. You know what? At this point, because it's, it's been so long, this whole Anthony Davis thing is just further a mess, and I don't know what's going to happen with him. I I don't know where you know. We know what his we, agent wants to happen. Yeah, we know what his agent wants, and that's got to be. We got to do a, a Rich Paul show one of these days. That that needs to be. You know, let's recap the finals next week. I say, and let's talk draft the week after that. But you know, somewhere in the next two weeks, we need to talk Rich Paul. Okay, definitely, definitely. That might be that might be the 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 od the the odd show we do first uh, first week in July. As free agency begins, as free agency begins, we gotta talk Rich Paul. Definitely gotta talk. All right. Well, look, man. We're actually, we're, we're, it's almost time for us to get on out of here, man. Oh, man, it goes by fast sometimes. It, it does. It does. You, you you put a time limit on the show. You say, yeah, man, we need to go to this. We need to go to this point. And we're we're there, man. Hey, man. It's, it's amazing how fast it goes when you're actually having fun talking sports with somebody. I say this to you all the time. I don't actually even like talking sports to most people anymore. <laughs> Hands get on my nerves. I, I really wasn't sure where you were going with that. I thought you were going to say, I, I say this all the time. I don't even like you. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. Nah, like, like, like fans say just fan stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like there, there's absolutely no logic to it. Like you don't understand the salary cap. You don't understand. Like you'll, you'll hear people say like, yeah, the the Dallas Mavericks should trade the last man on their bench to Pelicans for Zion and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like what? I always laugh at always laugh at my, my son. I always laugh at my son because there was a time we we're in a barbershop and he had this he had this idea. He said and I remember I always remember it because I always bring it up to him. He says, Dad, I think the Eagles should trade Mike Vick for Tom Brady. I'm like son, why would the why would the Patriots make that trade? Exactly. It's like they could trick him. Now, now granted, now I, I, I will admit, my son. I don't even think he was ten years old. He was might have been eight 
Now, you know, and he just wanted to jump in barbershop conversation because he would always come to the barbershop with me. We would always talk sports. And he wanted to jump in the conversation. So he said, hey, man, I think the Eagles should trade Mike Vick for Tom Brady. But the problem is he was about eight or nine years old at the time. And exactly. they're, they're adults who would, have said like, the, who would have said the exact same thing. Go on social media and look at some of these proposed Anthony Davis deals, and you'll know exactly what I'd be. I don't understand why the Sixers don't trade James Ennis, T.J. McConnell, and Boban Marjanovic for Anthony Davis. Exactly. I don't understand why the Nets don't trade Spencer Dinwiddie and that white dude that can shoot for Anthony Davis. I I don't understand why the you know Washington doesn't pack up uh, Bradley Beal and I don't know two guys at the end of their bench whoever has Nene at this point and go get Anthony Davis. Those those yeah. are the trades you get. Those are the trade scenarios you get on social media and uh, pretty mostly and it mostly exists in Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of that. But my point was, I had fun talking sports with you today, my man. I appreciate that, my good brother. I appreciate that. Look, if you want to join into our conversation, or if we had two conversations. We talked NBA and we talked Jay-Z. If you want to join in the conversation, hit us up on Twitter, O underscore D underscore discourse. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think we should talk about in the upcoming weeks. There will be a Rich Paul show because we got to discuss that. That is coming up really, really soon. All right, let's get on out of here. Any final any final words for you, Mike Jones? Um, <laughs> never trust a shoot first point guard. Wise. You're wise beyond your years, my friend. Wise beyond your years. I, um, let's see. Uh, never trust a woman whose thighs don't touch. That's all. That's all. all right. That's 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 all I got. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is offense, defense, and discourse for another week. We will be back on the air next week. Peace, y'all. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. Never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey, you definitely from Uptown, New York. You definitely Manhattan, from New York if you shout it out, Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Yo, what's up? This your girl, Tangie B. And your girl, Lady T. From Thomasville, Georgia. And we're listening to The Grown Folks Groove on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com.